As you're seated, uh, you can either open your church app and pull up the scriptures or turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. And we're going to look at the first four verses there, and then we're going to go back to Ephesians chapter 5 and look at a few verses there. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. While you're uh, turning there, you know, on, as we look at the Scripture today on Father's Day, one of the things that we obviously want to do and the Bible teaches us to do every day of our life, and that is to honor our fathers. And as children, honoring our fathers is obeying. The Scripture tells us to obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And the Bible tells us that when you honor your parents, then God blesses that. And if you read the sign this morning as you came in, when you honor your earthly father, you're also honoring your heavenly father because you're following the instructions that he's given us for our lives. But, uh, you know, on Father's Day, it's not only a time for dads to be honored, but sometimes it's a time for us dads to be kind of honed, sharpened, made a little better in the way that we live our lives out as dads and as husbands, as men of God. And so this morning, we want to honor you as dads and to let you know that uh, we, for each one of you that's a dad, that uh, you have made an impact on some lives, and uh, those lives are your children. And uh, our prayer is that uh, as they have grown up and are growing up, that they will always continue to honor you and uh, always pour your life into their lives in a godly example, because that will make the, the biggest impact. But also, as I said, we want to kind of hone the dads, and that is to uh, bring out <clears throat> the best qualities in the dads, the dads that will make them uh, the sharpest. And, uh, you know, I mentioned when I brought uh, the Osmus girls up here, I wanted you to kind of remember their statement when I asked them, when your dad and your mom were first married, did your dad probably have more on his mind about ball or about uh, having some girls? And, and they said that uh, they thought it was probably playing ball. But after they came alone, I asked the question, and that is, how about when you, after you came alone, did your dad think more about you or more about ball? And as they responded, uh, the things changed, and they were much more important than playing ball was and the activities of ball. My wife told me this past week, said, hey, I want you to read this about Phil Mickelson. Now, the, uh, right now going on is the 2017 U.S. Open Men's Golf Tournament, and uh, Phil Mickelson was entered into that, but uh, it's going to be, it started off on the same day as his daughter's graduation. And so, if I told you this morning that Phil Mickelson decided not to play in that tournament, but to go to his daughter's graduation, would you think that maybe he's the best dad ever? Some may say, well, that's a pretty good sign. But, you know, for most dads, you wouldn't get the opportunity to be in that type of setting. Because uh, from Phil Mickelson, he, uh, in the tournaments this year, he's probably averaged winning about $90,000 per tournament. So for him, that tournament uh, that's going on right now would have been worth probably at least $90,000. He's made during this year, every tournament, somewhere between $15,000 and some top prizes. So the top prize in this one is $2.1 So we could say that this tournament that he decided not to play in because he wanted to go to his daughter's graduation was something of a loss to him, somewhere between $15,000 and $2.1 million. To some people, they'd say, well, that makes him the best dad ever. 
But you know, it's really not about money that makes someone the best dad ever and decisions about money. But when you see a dad making decisions about his children, his family versus work, when you put your family as a priority before you do work and maybe your own personal things that you'd like to do, that makes you the best dad ever. And as we look at the scriptures this morning, I want to look at Ephesians chapter 6 and also in Ephesians chapter 5 to see what the Bible tells us are the characteristics and the scriptural signs of the best dad ever. And in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, I want to read these first four verses. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And so the Bible's telling us that as we honor our fathers and our mothers, that that commandment is the first one that comes along with a promise. You know, the Bible tells us that, that we're to have no other gods before us and uh, that we're not to have any idols. But when you get to the commandment about honoring your father and mother, that's the first commandment that gives a promise, and that is, if you do this... God's promising that, he will give, that our life will go well and that we will live longer on the earth by honoring our mother and our father than we would if we dishonor them. So God puts a pretty big thing about this honoring. And then it goes on in verse 4, and it kind of makes a little bit of a transition, and that is it's been talking about the children honoring their fathers and their mothers and the blessings that come along with that. But then it throws in here in verse 4, a what we might see a characteristic or a sign scriptural focus about fathers being the best dad ever to their children and that is you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord some uh, uh, translations of the Bible will talk about raising them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This translation in the New King James says training and admonition of the Lord. But here the Bible is telling us that if you want to be the best dad ever, you bring out, I want you to listen to this very carefully, you bring out the best in your children. Being the best dad ever is not going to necessarily be making a decision about losing some money as versus spending time with your children, although that should be a priority sometimes in our life. But being the best dad ever is when you bring out the best in your children. Now, when God spoke that to me, it was just really kind of a wow moment when I began to think about that the Scripture's telling us here that if you want to be a dad or a father that is the best dad ever, then bring out the best in your children. It's not going to be the best, necessarily be the best looking dad or the best dad that's the best athlete or maybe has the highest position in his company, but the best dad ever is going to be the one who brings out the best in his children. And one of the ways that the Bible tells us about bringing out the best in your children is that you're a dad who creates or doesn't create situations that brings out anger or emotion in their children. Now, as I say that, let me put a quick disclaimer. There's no way of raising a child without ever having some emotion. Because the Bible tells us that if we spare the rod, we spoil the child. So there's going to be those moments of tears and emotions. So what is the Bible saying that as a dad that we're not to uh, 
bring a child, or here in the scripture we read, do not provoke your child to wrath or to emotional moments. What does the Bible really kind of get it across to us? And that is, as dads, sometimes we're in that point of authority and leadership, and we kind of become domineering over our children and to our families. And that domineering aspect sometimes can put where we bring out the worst in our children instead of bringing out the best in our children. I don't know if any of you have ever done this before, but I begin to replay in my mind some of my own mistakes and some things I've observed over the years. And I've noticed this in moms and dads both, that when you become angry at something that your child's done and you say, all right, if you do that again, or if, you're, if this ever happens again, you will, till the day you die, you won't. And you put some type of stipulation and you think, you know, people listening are going, now you really going to stick to that till the day they die, you know? And you know, the child's going, oh no, till the day I die. That's bringing about unnecessary emotion because you've put on something that is unrealistic that you're not going to enforce and hopefully you're not going to enforce. We say things out of those moments that we really don't mean. But we put it in such a way that to the child, it is that emotional moment that drives home. And so when I look at this scripture and it says that not to provoke or one translation not to exasperate your children, it's telling us that not to do things that will push them to the points of just unnecessary anger and emotion. Over the years, I have seen sometimes where as parents that we put our children in situation, you know, as parents or as adults, you know, sometimes we can go through an entire day and we don't necessarily need a break, but children are not that way, and so we'll keep our kids going on the move and, and involved in things all day long, and then when it comes into the, the day, we want them to obey us and do what we say, but they're going, inside they're going, give me a break, I need a nap. And so we bring our children to the point of an emotional breakdown. And so when I read these scriptures and it says, as Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. It's not talking about that you're just trying to make them angry, but to be careful in how we raise our children that we're not putting them in those moments of those emotional breakdowns. And then it goes on to tell us another two aspects about being there, bringing out the best in our children, and that is to train your children with the proper discipline. The scripture that I said that says to bring them up in the training. The King James says the nurturing, and in that we, and the actual word that was used in the Greek language actually means discipline. And so the Bible's telling us here that if we want to bring out the best in our children, that we not only should we not create situations that brings out anger or emotion in our children, and I'm not talking about pampering them and letting them have their way, but putting them in those situations that brings out the worst of them instead of the best in them, but also train our children with a proper discipline. I mentioned a while ago that the Bible says that spare the rod and spoil the child, and I had a person that told me one time said, you know, they had heard this preacher and said, you know, you know, a, a shepherd, he uses his rod and he gently gets the sheep and just nudging them along. And we should never take that scripture as meaning that we should spank our child, but we should just kind of nudge them along. And that adult had took that and thought, oh, oh, that's what the scriptures mean. And then I explained to him, I said, no, for the shepherd, there's the rod and the staff. 
The staff was the crooked part that gently moved the, sh- the sheep along. The rod was the one that gave them a little boom on the bottom that meant get in line. So let's take the scripture of what it says, and that is that we should raise our children in a way that we give them proper discipline in those, those times that they don't necessarily need a good popping. They just need to be gently moved in the right direction. But there are those times where they need a little bit of discipline so that they understand there are limits to what we do. And so the Bible is telling us, if you want to bring out the best in your children, you can't just let them do whatever they want and let them rule the household, but you do have to give them proper discipline. There should not be scars that are carried from it, but there should be some learning experience from it. Then the Bible tells us this, and that is, it says, not only in the training, but the admonition of the Lord, and that is the part of proper instructions. We should train our children where we give them the proper instructions. And if you have your app, I put on there, which takes time. There are some times as parents that we'd rather just say, just do what I say, or just give them a good pop when really they just need to understand a little bit about why a situation is. Why is not always a bad word, is it? Now, if they live by why, maybe it gets a little annoying. But the Bible is teaching us that we've got to give the proper instructions. And one of the things that I have noticed over the years that as parents, sometimes in our busy life, we just want our kids just do what I say and don't hesitate with it. But if you're going to be a proper parent that brings out the best in your child, there are those times when you need to take a little time and slow down and give a little bit of proper instruction. So the Bible says don't bring out the wrath in them or those emotional moments, but train them and nurture them and give them the proper discipline, but also take the time to teach them why it is what it is. Signs of the best dad ever. The best dad ever brings out the best in his children, but also I want you to listen to this. The best dad ever, and some of you would think, well, what's this got to do with being a dad? The best dad ever brings out the best in his wife. You know why that's part of being the best dad ever? It's because you can be great with your children, but if you're lousy with your wife, you're damaging your family and the perspective that your children have about the husband and wife relationship. If you want to be the best dad ever, bring out the best in your wife. I want you to look back up if you'll flip up to the next chapter or the chapter before in Ephesians 5. I want to read just three verses, verses 25, 26, and 27. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, and that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that he should or that she should be holy and without blemish. I read those three verses because it's probably the most powerful verses for a husband to have the right attitude towards his wife. And if you want to be the best dad ever, you've got to bring out not only the best in your children, but also live in such a way that you're bringing out the best in your wife. And to bring out the best in your wife, if you look at those three verses, it tells us first and foremost that the man who brings out the best in his wife, he puts his wife before himself. In that scripture that I read in verse 25, it says that husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. When we look at the example of Jesus Christ and the church, the body of Christ, 
The Lord Jesus loves us so much that He was willing to put us first in priority and left heaven, came and lived on this earth, and died on a cross so that we could have salvation. He wasn't putting Himself first, but He was putting us first. And you know what the Bible also says? That the Son of Man came, and it's talking about Jesus, He came to serve, not to be served. The example that that the Lord has in the Scriptures for the husbands is to bring out the best in your wife, you've got to put your wife before yourself. In premarital counseling, uh, one of the areas we cover about finances and uh, we also talk about the husband and wife relationship and how that the uh, Scriptures teach us as a husband, the Lord expects you to be the spiritual leader and step it up and lead your family. And when it comes to points, now God created the woman out of the side of man so they're to go side by side. But yet the Bible tells us that the wives are to yield to or submit to the leadership, which means when it comes to those moments that maybe there's hard decisions and there's different opinions, God expects the man to step up and make the decision. But when he makes that decision, he better make sure that he understands that the Bible tells us that you put your wife before yourself. And so if the decision is about remodeling the kitchen or buying a new four-wheel drive pickup truck, the wives say... Kitchens first. (laughs) That may not necessarily be that, but putting your wife before yourself is that you consciously think, sometimes I need to make a few adjustments in my life so that I'm putting my wife before what I want all the time. Bringing out the best in your wife is not only putting your wife before yourself, but it's also relieving the pressure on your wife. Doing for her what she, listen very carefully, should not have to do for herself. The Bible tells us in that verse 26 that He, meaning Jesus, might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word. The Scripture there is talking about that Jesus gave of Himself so that the church, the body of Christ, those who accept Christ, could be cleansed of their sins to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And so when a husband's bringing out the best in his wife, he needs to be living in a way in such a way that he's trying to relieve the pressure. Could you imagine what pressure would be on us if we had to redeem ourselves from our sins? It's impossible. And sometimes I have seen where husbands ask the impossible of their wives. Relieve the pressure on your wife. Do for her what she should not have to do for herself. I can imagine some of us men are going to hear that this coming week. Now remember the preacher said, do for me what I should not have to do for myself. But you women have permission to go ahead and use it. The third and final thing is the next verse in verse 27 that I see, that if you're going to bring out the best in your wife, then you bring out the best qualities in your wife. Treat your wife in such a way that you bring out the very best qualities You see that verse 27 says that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. The Lord's telling us in those scriptures that as men, we should be striving to bring out the very best in our wife. Just like Christ wants to bring out the best in the church and for it to be a beautiful bride, Likewise, we as men should be striving to bring out the very best in our wives so that the best qualities come out of her. Demanding doesn't bring out the best qualities. 
Working your wife to death to take care of the kids in the house and keep a job up and everything is not bringing out the best qualities. What the Bible is teaching us is that we should live our lives in such a way as husbands that we bring out the very best in our wives. You want to be the best dad ever? Bring out the best in your children. Bring out the best in your wife. And I guarantee you, they'll think you're the best dad ever. And that's all that matters. Lord, we come to you today and we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. And Lord, I thank you, God, for the power of these scriptures that teach us how to be the best dad ever. And you can't be the best dad without being the best husband. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that for the dads today, I pray that their families will honor them. This is a day that they're to be honored. But Lord, I pray that your scriptures would hone us today, sharpen us as dads and as husbands, to be the very best that we can by bringing out the best in our children and bringing out the best in our wife. And Lord, I think that we can all as men leave here today asking ourselves the question, do I really bring out the best in my children and in my wife? Sometimes there are moments of discipline and hard struggles. And there may be some emotion but day in and day out through our lives, Lord, I pray, my prayer is that each one of us as men here today will strive to live in such a way that we'll try to bring out the best in our children by putting them in the situations where they can be the best, but also bring out the best in our wives by treating them in a way that will bring out their very best qualities. And Lord... I said that in this beginning of this message, I look to these scriptures and I look at my own personal experiences, which usually helps me see my own personal failures over the years. And so, Lord, most of what I preach, I preach from the truth of the scriptures and most of the time my own failures. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd forgive me of where I've failed to bring out the best in my children and the best in my wife. But Lord, I pray that you'd help me to live from this day forward in such a way that I will bring out the best in them. And my prayer is for every man in here today that's a husband, that's a father, that they'll leave here today with a challenge and an encouragement. They are honored today. I think so highly of a dad who tries to raise his children right and loves his wife. But I pray that they'll leave here today with a challenge to be the best dad ever by bringing out the best in their children and bringing out the best in their wives. And Lord, I'll thank you and praise you and exalt you for all that you do. Amen. Let's stand together and as we sing, if you feel like the Lord's speaking to your heart in some way that you need to come and pray, we invite you to come. If you feel like the Lord's leading you to be a part of our church family, we invite you to come today. If you've been saved and need to follow the Lord in baptism, matter of fact, let's just bow our heads for just a moment. Wouldn't want to end this day on Father's Day where dads are supposed to be spiritual leaders of their family. I wouldn't want to end this day without giving an opportunity to accept Christ as your personal Savior. And so, if you're here today, man or woman, dad or mother, doesn't make any difference, adult or child. If you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior or if you're unsure of your salvation, would you pray this prayer in your heart right where you're at? And that is, dear Lord, I know I've failed you, but I feel your Holy Spirit convicted me today, and I do want to be the best that I can for you, 
and for my family. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to cleanse my heart. And I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Now, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer to receive Christ, and you really mean it, while nobody's looking around but me, would you just slip up your hand just to say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer and I invited Jesus in my life this morning. And I really meant it. Thank you. Now, maybe today, maybe you, ha- you haven't been the very best that you could be as a dad or father. I know I've failed and I've asked the Lord to forgive me. But maybe you see some areas you need to really focus on and you want me to pray for you. Would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me this morning. Yes. Yes, I see those hands. Yes. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for those who raised their hands. And I pray that the hand raising was a sign of seriousness that says, I need to work on some areas. And I'm asking you, Lord, to give me the strength and the guidance to be the best I can be. And Lord, I pray that you'd honor that and that you would guide them, direct them, empower them. And Lord, I'll give you praise for all that you do for them. In your name I pray. Amen.